Yo, this Blaze, you dead homie. This is Shady Matt Rock. This be the one them called Tech Nine. Yo, what up? This is Shaq's Two Dope from Insane Cloud Posse. This is the genius Chris Kellogg. What up? It's Demo Skeet. This is Rich White Jesus. It's the Kid Mercury. This is Slain. Dragon Eyes Necros. Project Born. Mad Child. Your boy Jerry. Bitted. Welcome to the underground, Australia's home of rap, metal, and alternative music. Catching up with Scott Kirkland of The Crystal Method on The Underground. It is Ned Scott. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic, Ned. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Man, absolutely hyped to talk to you, Scott, and I love success stories like yours. I wanted to kick things off by asking you, what do you think would have happened if you didn't take that plunge back in the day, move from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, and take the plunge on your career? Where do you think you'd be now? (laughs) You know, that's... uh... Very good question. I I have thought about it a few times. There's definitely moments when, you know, you're in the middle of something special like Ken and I had for for so many years and you think, what if I didn't follow Ken back uh, to to Los Angeles? And what if we didn't go in the studio that day and make that song? Or what if I didn't bring a drum machine into work one day uh, to allow that first meeting with Ken to take place? You know, because again, he didn't know I was working on music alone and I didn't know that he was working on music and on his own. So the the day that faithful day when I when I brought that drum machine into the break room and he happened to walk in changed both of our lives forever yeah no, it's just an, it's a crazy story and I, like I said I love success stories like that did you what do you actually think you'd be doing if you didn't pursue music it's it's been a blessing I guess to get this far without doing music what do you think if you had no music in your life what do you think you'd be doing well you know it's just been such a from an early age I just always wanted to to make music and I love music and you know I don't know if I kind of don't want to think about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no I mean I I definitely I think you know Vegas obviously if I would have stayed in Vegas who knows I mean there's obviously a vast entertainment industry there that has been evolving and changing over the years and maybe I would have got involved in that with some way whether it was working in production or some other element within the Maybe it would have been something in the tourism industry in Vegas. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard to say. It's evolved so much. I mean, I was throwing some parties on my own after Ken left, and I was basically hiring some local bands to come in and, and play, and I would hire the security and rent the sound system and the PA. So maybe it may have continued that in some way. Who knows? I've, it's an inter- interesting question and, uh, and one that would make for interesting co- conversation, especially with some of my friends back in Vegas. But very happy that I did bring that drum machine in into the, into the workplace that one day and that Ken and I got a chance to to chat about it and you know as they say the rest is history. Oh most definitely is man sounds like you'd be doing something in the entertainment industry somewhere down that path anyway but let's throw back to the late 90s there or the mid 90s Scott I discovered you through the Spawn soundtrack the the track that you did with Filter there how did that collaboration come about? Yeah, we we had the, the same management at the time, but there was a really great A&R person over at, I think he was at the record company, I can't remember what the, what the label was that put that out, but his name is Happy Walters, and he imagined this collaboration album of between more traditional rock, heavy metal acts and electronic acts. So, you know, yeah. you had really great collaborations on there. And, and initially we were supposed to go into the studio with Filter and write a new song together, but we were, Ken and I were working on our album Vegas and we had sort of 
you know, put all of our energy and attention into that. And so they happened to get a copy of the very first track on Vegas called Trip Like I Do. And Filter Guys were really inspired by that. And we got a phone call out of the blue from Richard Patrick. And he said, hey, you know, love this Trip Like I Do track. Let's turn that track into, you know, and he played us a couple of ideas that he had over the phone and they just sounded incredible. And, and so we put together the stems and flew out to Chicago and worked with them on the putting the final touches on that track. So it worked out really well. I mean, it was it was a great mixture. I mean, because it had both elements, quintessential TCM with the cool liquidy synth and, and big drums and the, and the samples and stuff, but also so much of what makes Filter incredible. They're really his great rock voice, great big hooky um, riffs and melodies. And the end result was the absolute best of both worlds. Yeah, it most definitely was. And like, it was just a special time for music back then in the late 90s sort of thing. And they're like two of my favorite bands sort of colliding together. Interesting that you flew out there to Chicago. I guess things have changed a lot now. Is most of it just done via email or, or do you tend to work together when you collab with people? There is a lot of exchanging of files, definitely. Uh, you know, especially in the last five years or so. There, I, I have done some, but not as many as others. Sort of, you know, conversations like this, Zooms where, you know, we're, yeah. you know, working on tracks together. I still prefer being in the room over all of those because things are a little bit more spontaneous and more reactive when you're in the room with somebody and I could pick up a bass or the person I'm collaborating with can come over and play on the synthesizer synth or whatever I had brought into the studio. So yeah. So I, I definitely prefer in person and, and many of the most of the collaborations on the trip out were in the studio. There were some where did receive files and, and did stuff because it was still, you know, sort of working on it during COVID. But yeah. I definitely prefer being in the room. Definitely. That's my that's what I prefer. Yeah, no, I think that would definitely be the sort of the way it's just an interesting time seeing as though you've been there since sort of like it's been a crazy evolution the last 25 years or so in it all man changing things up to your keep hope alive track it's got a real sort of prodigy vibe to it and that sort of thing i was wondering what are your sort of biggest influences music wise when i was growing up and i was a teenager i, I loved heavy brooding rock and metal yeah uh, when I first heard Black Celebration from Depeche Mode, that was a game changer for me. And it really opened up a whole new world of music that I had been like keeping at arm's length just because I didn't really feel that it would fit into what I was into. And, um, but I, you know, as soon as heard the opening track, Black Celebration, and the following track on that album, Flies in the Windscreen, I, it was immediate. Uh, and, I, and I was like, oh, this is dark. This is cinema. Uh, bands like uh, Massive Attack and Prodigy and, and um, Left Field were, were definitely artists, even like the, some of the more trip-hoppy stuff, Portishead, stuff that had, you know, elements of rock, electronic music, and, you know, I, I always just gravitated towards something that was, that had that unique sound, whether it was dark and brooding or in your face and energetic. There's, you know, another thing, another band that was definitely influential to us was Public Enemy and the way oh, they, yeah. they, they sampled and the rawness of that, it was definitely some of the stuff that we, we were listening to a lot. But yeah, I remember hearing some of the early Prodigy stuff in clubs, the early Chemical Brothers stuff that when they were still calling themselves the Dust Brothers UK, picking up some of those albums, those uh, those 12 inches. We've always gravitated towards music with big drums, distortion, energy that we always loved. I always loved in hip hop or rock. And then the, the elements of electronic music, New Order, Depeche Mode, Cabaret Voltaire, Nine Inch Snake 
Nails, you know, Knights of Reb, Front 242, some of the more industrial stuff. So there's a little bit, a little bit of all that stuff sprinkled into the into the pot when it comes to making a crystal method. Definitely makes for that diverse sound there, Scott. And you featured on a whole bunch of movies as well, like I was talking about earlier, Spawn. Do you have a favorite? Well, I, I think that one of the the coolest scenes is the replacement killers where the, uh, the the keep up alive is you know it's a very opening scene chow young fat comes and he puts a bullet down on the on the on the table of this club into this all hell breaks loose another one is definitely tropic thunder when they're yeah. when they're uh when they're he's like take him out take him to the real shit and all of a sudden they're on the helicopter going into the jungle and, and their you know, name of the game is playing that's definitely a highlight for sure so there there have been some really cool ones and of course the spawn one you know what an impact it had on opening up yep. our band to other audiences and everything that came after that yeah the original mortal Kombat back in the day as well that was really cool yeah there's blade there was a, a, good, oh. there was a good yeah good scene in blade where, where there's a big fight scene in that. And actually, there, there are some that I haven't seen somehow. I think there's a few. Really? Yeah, there's one or two that I still haven't gone in 60 seconds. I, I, I've never, that, there's a scene in, I think Busy Child is in that. And I can honest, honestly say I've never watched the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I know that wasn't like one of these groundbreaking movies, but it was definitely a cool movie at the time. I might have seen part of it. There's also um, Romeo is Dying or something like that where I think High Roller or, or, or Vapor Trail's in it. But um, yeah, there was always one of those things that really helped keep us afloat and, and and brought our sound to you know a different audience that may or may not have been able to find it through the normal channel so and video games as well you know something yeah. like fifa 98 was a massive one for us as well so i've definitely been very fortunate to have those those tie-ins and, and and to be able to have our music find their way into someone's home or a new movie theater where they would be able to experience it for the first time and then take something from that yeah it absolutely blows my mind that you haven't seen god in 60 seconds and like, <laughs> like if my music was featured in that i'd be all over it i'd be taking the family along and friends and whatnot but yeah, that's we, great i suppose you've been in so many oh uh, no i mean it, it's not in, uh, I, I may have seen moments of it but i just i've never seen the movie from beginning and and i i don't i think it was when it came out we were probably on on the road or i mean i've had plenty of opportunities to watch it i just it's i don't i don't wear it as a badge of honor i just wear it's just one of those <laughs> things that i uh, it's not like i have something against the movie or or anything it's just one that and i probably should just take the time to maybe i'll um, exercise some demons uh, if I just go ahead and, and watch it and actually just go through my own IMDB page and, and make sure that I've seen all of them. But, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely one that I need to I need to finally check out. I mean, it came out, I think it came out in 97, the same year as Vegas came out. So, or maybe it was 98, I'm not sure. But yeah, I definitely should check it out. <laughs> no, definitely. And speaking of checking things out, Scott, like here's something that blew my mind. Doing a little bit of research, I, I did not know this. You collabed with tools justin chancellor is that right for a project yeah he played bass on a track on the the album the trip home and the tra track called cabin pressure that i did with very talented producer by the name of matt lang but we've also done a couple remixes together justin is a one of my best mates and and so we we had a side project called bandwidth that we where we yeah, did a couple yeah we, we did a couple a couple remixes there's a couple things in the pipeline as well where we've started a couple tracks hopefully one day we'll see the light of day but he's a, he's pretty busy mm -hmm. out there with, with tool and uh, 
we actually met on the Big Day Out tour. No uh, way. Yeah, back in 2007, I think it was, something like that. They were headlining and we were, we had a conversation briefly in the airport lounge in Auckland, but then we, we started talking at the after party after the Gold Coast show and we got along really well. And it turns out that his wife used to work with my management company. So there's all this synchronicity and we, yeah, we hit it off and spent the rest of that tour uh, catching up for lost time, as you as some, some people say. We definitely had a, a really great, amazing time and have been uh, tight ever since. Yeah, that's amazing right there. And that's, again, talking about what we were discussing earlier, those two very vast varieties in music clashing together. I, I haven't been able to find bandwidth yet. It's a, I was looking for it last night and I haven't been able to find it. Where could people hear these tracks? There's some of them are mis mislabeled. If you look up bandwidth remix, there's a Foles remix that we did of a track called What Went Down. And there's another remix that may be out there that uh, of Pucifer that we did. There's a couple things that I don't think they've ever seen the light of day, but those are the two that are coming to mind as of right now. I tell you what, Scott, and, and talking to someone like yourself and you're talking about things that aren't coming to the light of the day, it makes me think you're probably sitting on a whole bunch of unreleased music <laughs> that would just blow people's minds. Is there anything else like that that you could let us know about? Well, there is uh, a track that been on the burner, but more been in the been in the slow roaster for uh, for a, a, a few years now. Um, yeah, it's a it's a track that with Justin and uh, but yeah, there's things that I've started that it's all getting the right timing of it. And oh, I see something else here. We, I don't think we we properly trademarked bandwidth when we released when we released those mixes. So there's another there's another band out there that's calling themselves bandwidth. There is. Yeah, the the two that I would anything that sounds like it would be you know tool related or TCM related that's definitely going to be us so but yeah there's you know I definitely have been sort of precious about music and and thinking of it you know as a something that should be worked on until until it feels right I, I think I yeah. think that as sort of a, a clean out the cupboard sort of project thing it might be a good idea to to take open the deep freezer and, and take some of that those proteins and different yeah. veggies out and put them in stew <laughs> and to get them going again it's there's a shelf life on everything and uh, I think that that would make sense to look at getting some of that stuff out out there and finished for sure yeah 100 right there and that's got me all sorts of excited as as you coming back to australia in march how excited are you to get back out here scott super stoked yeah i had such an incredible time this time last year i think it was this time yeah last year i was on my way down there so it was way too long between the previous visit and and last december's uh, tour dates and i you know there was a lot of COVID delays and yeah. in, in there but super grateful for the opportunity it's one of my favorite places to play and and we've always had great crowds and you know the audiences down there and the people down there really appreciate the effort to, to travel down there and 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 show up and when i heard that there was an opportunity to come back i was immediately into it and we started putting the, the dates together so tickets are available now i believe and um i think most of the shows sold out the last time i was down there so you know and this this time there's not going to be knock on wood no 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 no, no disturbances in the force, if you will. And I'll be down there with, with a brand new set and lots of new music to play and uh, really super excited about it. Oh, yeah, love that right there. You are, of course, heading our way. I've got the dates right here. March 1st in Sydney, the 2nd in Brisbane, March 6th in Adelaide, 7th in Melbourne, and wrapping things up on the 9th in Perth. You can grab those tickets at metropolistouring.com. Scott, thank you so much for taking time out and having a chat with me. Thank you so much for speaking to me. And where are you about? Oh, man, I'm, in, I'm closest to Melbourne. Okay, all right. Well, uh, hopefully I'll see you at the show. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Sounds great.
This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. GreyWolfEntertainment.net.